Minus podcast. Um, growing up, oh God, growing up, how is your past impacting you today? Mags, why is it important? Welcome to the Talking Minds podcast. You know, life is a journey. My name's Marcus. My name is Mags. And together we will discuss how the endpoint isn't the destination. Welcome to episode three on the Talking Minds podcast. Um, growing up, oh God, growing up, how is your past impacting you today? Mags, why is it important to adult yourself? Oh, big question. I know. <laughs> big question. Um, I think I would actually start with um, even acknowledging that we all have the inner child affecting us in our mm. present. Because I think what is very common is our denial about it or our resistance to admit that this is the truth and that there is some parts of us or some reactions that we have that are really not even ours, but are our inner child. Um, this concept wasn't known to me like a few years ago, for example. So... Uh, but that doesn't mean I didn't know that I have reactions that I was a bit perplexed about later on, for example, right? And I was like, mm. why did I react this way? Why did I? I didn't want to react this way. I'm not that person or, you know, whatever else I was saying. But at the same time, I wasn't able to stop it, to prevent it. I didn't know what to do with it. So I think that is why it is important to, when you say adult yourself, I think, what you mean by that is to learn how to parent the inner child within us mm. that we all have, right? I think, it's, I think it's about choices as well. What I find is powerful about this when I introduce clients to this um, is I use that word choice. But what I find, especially around conflict, so if you've got conflict with a partner, you've got a conflict with somebody at work, I find it's really powerful when you take that grown-up approach to go, think of it as the caring adult. So it's not just your own inner child, it's other people's inner child. And on the last one, well, we talked about, we've talked about vulnerability. And one of the biggest things is, is to allow people to sit into vulnerability. And if you watch two children when they're vying for supremacy, you know, and they start mm -hmm. bitting their dummies out, has much changed? No, as adults, no, it hasn't. And when you can see that somebody's inner child is in play when they've lost control and they're not in flow and they're not happy, I think that's an opportunity to be yes. the adult. And it's not to tell them, it's to hold space and go, I see you and I can see you. I think scared. that's where, yeah, I think that's where we usually, majority of us, um, get it wrong. We mm. tend to get on defensive. We tend to be, we like, fuel the fire even more and then we activate our inner child a lot of times someone's inner child will activate yeah. my inner child so we may have different inner child so you may be crying I may be angry or you know whatever else it is but we just like you know um it's just a conflict and and no one is better after it um but like you said exactly the best way to handle your inner child or anyone else's is to hold the space mm. to ask the questions how can i help what it is that you maybe need right now from me what can i do to make you feel better so the last thing you want to do is go on defensive but yeah. this is usually the best thing that we do because our 
uh, wounds are most likely triggered at the same time. Mm. So that's kind of like the the response that we used to have, right? Yeah, and I think if people aren't used to that word in a child, people may have heard the word ego or the chimp. It's all the same thing. Just to make you aware, it's all the same thing. There's parts of your body, parts of your mind, which is kind of your protection system. Um, it's like you know, it's like your antivirus. You know, you, you've got your antivirus pops up when you go to that website that you know that's completely safe, but it's annoying as anything because it's telling you, or it's it's when you make that payment on your mobile phone app and it goes, oh. Are you sure you want to make it's like you're sending some money to your mum and it says, Are you sure this could be fraudulent? And all of a sudden you go, Oh my god, have I got have I got the uh, have I got the right account details? Even though I've used this like a thousand times, is it okay? And it triggers that fear instinct. And we're never gonna get rid of that. I think that's really important that it's there for a reason, it's there to protect us, it's there to keep us safe. Growing up and becoming an adult is all about understanding that is there and understanding what it's there for. And sometimes that will be a false alarm. And it's about talking to that inner child. It's, it's, it's putting it into perspective, but what, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges? Because having the awareness is probably the biggest challenge, right? So how did you, Yes. how did that so happen there, to you? How did you kind of, how do you navigate? Yeah, so there were a few challenges. Uh, one that I already mentioned was to really just be honest with myself and admit that this is the case, that there is a part of me that is wounded and that needs some love and attention. And, and even doing and giving myself this love was not familiar thing for me because that's not something I've learned how to do. That's not something I was practicing in any point in my life to do towards myself. But the best thing that you can do for yourself and your own inner child is to treat it like a, like you would um, a child. If a child is crying um, and it's, uh, you know, you want to um, soothe their pain or, you know, regulate their emotions, you're going to talk to them with love. You're going to hug them. You're going to be nice to them. You're not going to shout to them. You're not going to fuel the fire. Um, so that's one thing. I think the second big thing for me when I was starting to explore my inner child wounds was the conflict uh, with um, not blaming my parents. Mm. I think it's a very common thing when you start um, seeing certain things. It's like this. Um, you know that your parents did the best they could and you don't want to blame them. But at the same time you know that you haven't been given uh, the attention that you needed or your, or your body needed, your soul needed at the time when you were five or seven or whatever it was. Mm. And then there comes this conflict, like how do I address this issue if I don't want to blame my parents? I don't want to, so like, what do I do here? Do I just pretend it didn't happen? Or do I blame my parents and then feel bad about it because now I'm making my parents monsters, which is not they're not the monsters they're just human beings um so i think this was kind of layered um i, and I, was I think whether you have the same approach or... i was gonna say that i think this is where we define the world word forgiveness because i think that this segues beautifully into forgiveness and gratitude. can i ask you a very yeah. curious question from yeah. my end because when i was thinking about it i was wondering if what i just said have you experienced this as well or is it like a very female thing no to no 100 100 okay. and this is why i think this is probably a good place to bring in two things that also trigger people well it triggered me anyway 
Mm. And a lot of a lot of people will talk about forgiveness and they'll talk about gratitude. Okay. So let's take something quite extreme. Let's let's take something like you're abused as a child, right? How the heck can you give gratitude for that experience and how can you forgive it, right? I think that that is a reasonable a reasonable thing to to say. And that didn't happen to me, but I, I'm just using that as, a, as an extreme example. It's an extreme to, example, yeah. To explain what people mean by forgiveness and gratitude, because I think this is important. And I had to kind of work this out. So just reframing those two words completely. Let's look at gratitude first. Mel Robbins, I think it was Mel Robbins, said, none of us wake up and say, today's the day I destroy my life. Okay. <laughs> nobody no, nobody says that, right? It's tiny drip feeds of things that happen. So if we looked at something like child abuse, if that happened for the first 16 years of your life and you live until you're 100, it's less than a quarter of your life, right? But you can spend all of your life ruminating on that and saying that that defines who you are. Or you can say, what can I learn from that about myself? What was the strength that I had as a child to get through that? What were the parts that I created that protected me? And 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 are they still relevant now? Because we can't change the past. When something's happened, it's happened. Right. And that's I think I've, that's a good approach towards anything. You know, it is. It, is it doesn't matter what it is, right? You can't change yeah. the past, but you can use the experience to fuel your future. So the next thing is is forgiveness. And this was something it, when I was little, I used to go to church, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. I was. I was I, I was I was one of those people that didn't really get church, very spiritual. And I, I think I've said this before. I always said to my mom, if God's everywhere, why do I have to come to church on a Sunday when I can talk to him anytime I want? Right. I know I, I know remove God and put the word universe. Um, but off tangent there. My point is, is forgiveness is not necessarily about forgiving the person. So if I give a personal example, when I had the breakdown that I had, that led to me having to leave the police a job that i loved and i felt frankly pissed off that the people that i thought were there to protect me didn't what i realized was that they weren't adulting themselves and they were coming from a place of fear and protection for themselves so it wasn't even them it was their inner child it was their ego they were scared and they were protecting themselves. And this, this is happening more and more, certainly in our emergency services. Because when you're in that survival mode, you will try and survive. You'll do whatever you can. So I could forgive from that point of view. However, the other forgiveness is the forgiveness of energy. Now, let me tell me this story, because I love this story. I don't know if I told it to you, but this might help people. This is, I think it was Jay Shetty uh, who I uh, who I heard this story. But this is this is a beautiful way of looking at growing up and also um, of looking at things from a different perspective based on the rules that we tell ourselves. So here we go. This is the story. Two monks are walking down. It's not a joke, by the way. Two monks are walking down past a river and the river is in full flood. And as they approach a ford in the river, there's a, a woman who stood there. Now, the two monks have made a, a vow never to speak to women and never to touch a woman, right? And 
so as they're walking down the riverbank, they see this woman and she is crying. She's absolutely sobbing. And the master monk says to the lady, what is the problem? Now he's broken that first vow, right? What is the problem? The river's in full flood. It was fine when I left the village. My children are at home and I can't get to them. The master monk said, would you like me to help you? And the lady said, yes. She stopped crying. And the master monk put the lady over his shoulder, waded across the river, set her down on the other side. She said her thank yous, carried on her journey, and the master monk walked back. As he walked back, he noticed his apprentice was not happy because he'd broken the rules. They continued walking, and the master monk said nothing. They, they walked for two hours. And eventually, seeing the rage in his, the apprentice monk, the master monk says, what is the problem? What, you know, what's vexing you? And the apprentice monk turns around and says, we made a vow not to talk to women. We made a vow not to touch a woman. And you did both in that moment in the river. And the master monk said, yes, I did. And he said, how long did it take me to speak to the woman and carry her across the river? And he said, moments, minutes. And the master monk then said to the apprentice monk, how long have you been carrying her? Two hours. So who has committed the biggest sin? Mm. Which I think is a really interesting way in which we look at Failure, we look at growing up because whose rules were they? What perspective, what perspective was it that that rule came in? Because there was only a small part of that. And the lesson was, was more about growing up and choosing and all the rest of it. And yes, he broke the rules, but he broke the rules for a good reason. And I don't think anybody with any heart would would deny that that was not a, a good thing to to do. Now, I always think that's a great story. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I guess looking from the, I was I was trying to. It took me a little bit. What you what you're getting at, I think, but I think maybe you're getting at um, who told us that forgiveness is uh, letting someone else off the hook, exactly. for example. And that right? and that's my point. And and also all of your wounds of the past all the things that might have happened at childhood, even that happened yesterday, how how long do you want to carry them? I mean, there's the other one, isn't there? How much does a glass of water weigh? Yeah. Well, it depends how long you hold it. Important. Yeah, it's very important to remember that forgiveness, or like rather even the other way, if you look at it the other way, if you hold grudges, if you hold that resentment towards someone because you're not able to forgive them, then it's only hurting you. Because you are carrying this with you. You are the one that are constantly in this energy of like lower vibrations. And yeah. um, and you are really blocking yourself from moving on and, and, and going into the higher vibrations as well. So I get it. It's a very, you know, it's a, it's a difficult concept sometimes, especially if something, something bad happened to you. Yeah or someone did something that you really not approve of, then that's, I think, where we get the most um, conflicted about forgiveness. Um, but yeah, I've done various ways of approaching different types of forgiveness that I had to do um, with situations in my life. And 
it took me a little bit, but finally it clicked. I was like, yeah, I'm really just hating myself here. Hmm. No one else is carrying this weight with me of, um, yeah. and even, you know, if you see it, if you finally, if it clicks for you, you're probably going to finally see that as you punishing yourself yes. in a way, because you are not able to let go of the past. Mm. Uh, probably and so then you can ask yourself why is it am i can i not forgive this person because i actually haven't forgiven myself you know when we look at the mirror yeah. maybe that's the reason you're, you're not able to forgive someone because you haven't forgiven yourself that you let that happen that you know you did something maybe that that caused this or you didn't know how to react to it or you know this various stories that we tell ourselves why something happened to us especially i've got a really good story as well another story this is this is a real story a client story and mm -hmm. she um her dad was in the royal air force and we found out after this this is what came out afterwards but found out that dad was um an engineer and worked in world war ii so she was an older lady that i work, work with her dad was an engineer and he would come home when she was little. She He would come home at night and he would be drunk and he'd be quite abusive towards mum. Never abusive towards her, but she she heard the shouting. She heard, and she her thing was she could never do anything about it. Mm. But this was something that came out of, so we did something called Dialogue with the Herter, which is where we, we, we swap roles and have that conversation about how that situation made you feel and all the rest of it. And this was so phenomenal that came out. And, and basically it was this, and she'd never realized this and it just, it clicked. He worked as an engineer in, in the, as I say, in the RAF. And the RAF is the only, the only military thing where office, the officers get sent out to war. And what it was, all of that anger, all of that pain, everything that he was drinking and he was taking it out on his wife was down mm. to this. He would repair the aircraft. He would get the pilots into the aircraft and send them off to fight. And sometimes people didn't come back. And he felt so much guilt that he, he, he could go home to his wife and child every day when other people couldn't. And he couldn't handle that. I think that's what happens a lot of times. Any sort of, you know, abuse or mistreatment of some sort or even fighting and stuff like that. It's our projection of mm -hmm. things that we don't know how to handle. So we're just going to subconsciously or not um, just let it out on someone else because um, that's the thing. Like we have to let those emotions, uh, we have to process those things and express mm. them. And if we don't know how, if we're not used to doing it, which I don't think any of us was told adults yeah. in our younger years how to deal with our emotions, especially the uh, negative ones, the mm. negative, I say, you know, the, the ones that could make someone else feel, uh, you know, uncomfortable. Well, we're told uh, they're bad, right? So if you think about yeah, it, so if you're feeling like anxious, bad, if you're feeling anxious, that's a bad thing. There's something wrong with they're you. They're not. They're just, there's a spectrum of emotions. Yeah. And as we also said last time, uh, you want no love if you don't know uh, pain, you know, yeah. you don't know happiness if you don't know grief and stuff like that. So it's just part of, uh, it's the, it's, it's part of life and we need to learn how to, um, 
hold space for people to express those emotions and not take it personally because just because you need to be angry or you need to you know uh, I mean it's good to know the tools to do it yourself as well on your own way because certain emotions maybe it's better to just kind of process it on your own but um, if you're in a partnership it's I would say it's very important that you learn how to give each other space or uh, hold the space for one another so I would just come to you and be like okay now I'm really upset about this can you just please listen or whatever so you know that whatever I'm going to say I am not making it personal to you I am not really mad at you but I need to let this out so you just like blankly maybe you know I'm sure there's d- different yeah. ways and different tools I would are. I would agree with you on that and and what I think I, w- I would like to add something to this just as a guy mm-hmm. is that I know that I speak when I've had clients, female clients, a lot of them said my husband doesn't understand me or he doesn't understand this and he doesn't understand that. And one of the things that I think we need to realize is that is that generally men and women process emotions differently. And women women tend to pr- process emotions by talking to their friends or, or, or talking, whereas men try and fix stuff or bury it down. And I think we need to be aware of that. And one of the biggest communication tools, especially if you're in a partnership, and it doesn't matter what type of partnership you're, you're yeah, in. Friendships as well, it, 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 yeah, friendships as well. And yeah. it's about being really, really clear. And this is where growing up comes in, is it's about really clear to say, what is it you need from me now? So a good example is my mum, right? That's so a good I, question. Sorry to interrupt you for one second, because um, I even remember someone told me this, um, and I was like, wow. Uh, I was surprised that someone even asked this question because I was like in my 30s already before anyone of my friends was like, well, how can I help you? Or what what, what, what do you need from me at this yeah. moment? It's such a question that, you know, we should all know this question. And this is exactly how we should react to, you know, if we want to um, help a friend or a yeah. husband or a partner. Um, but yeah, go on. I, just wanted I was going to say, because growing up is about boundaries. So let me give you an example is that, with my with my mum, for example, my mum has one of the things that my own inner child work that I've had to do is that I've noticed certain ways in which my mum will react and she will. And, and we have this a lot. I've had it with a client recently, actually, where the mum would overshare or the mum would use the child as a way of, you know, being that, I guess, that therapist or that coach. That's the reason why therapists yeah, and coaches yeah, yeah, are good. Yeah. So you don't have to do this. And what I had, I used to get triggered by that quite a lot, right? And as I started to understand, right, okay, what can I learn from this? What is it that I need to put in place? This is adulting yourself now, okay? And the way that I looked at it, I just asked this question and I used to say, okay, can I just stop you? Do you want me to give you a solution or do you want me to just listen? And that was something really powerful. Now, if it was, I just need you to listen, because I didn't want that energy if I was on the phone. Hopefully my mum won't listen to this podcast, but, you know. And, and by the way, this is no different to anybody else. Anybody else's parents, we all have this thing. I would just put the phone to the side and I wouldn't, because I knew that all my mum wanted was to release that energy. She didn't want me to. And I, I'm actually curious, Was she? how did she react to that question the first time you asked her? Because I would say, I mean, I have an opinion, but yeah. How did okay, she- so, so the way in which, so the, I have something called a confrontational conversation model. Mm. So it goes like this. You say what you love about somebody first. Then you say what you've learned about yourself. And then you make the request. And the request cannot be, you can't blame, punish or anything like that. So it would have gone something like this. 
do you know what, mom? I really appreciate everything you do for me. I really do that. But one of the things that I've learned is, is that I can see that you're in a lot of pain and this is really difficult for me to kind of take this on as your son. You know, you're my mom, I'm your son. It doesn't matter how old I am. What I'd just like to request is that you're really, really clear on your intention and why you need to share this with me. Because my default is to try and fix and give information as a coach. But sometimes all people need is just to have somebody to sit there. And I would say that this is the biggest thing why somebody might want to go to a counselor, right? Because counselors are really, really good at holding space and allowing you to just offload. Whereas a coach or a therapist, transformational therapist anyway, and a transformation coach is going to give you that space and listen but they're also going to kick your ass a little bit and going to go right. Yeah, that's they're not going to let, you yeah. let you get away with it. They're going to they're going to adult you and go, okay, that sucks. Now what? You know, that's that's a problem. What's the plan? And and, and so yeah, we, we, we are it? we are there to empower you to move through that rather than you to become a victim of your circumstances. Um, and and it's it's appropriate that sometimes you just need to let go of that and maybe cry and then you're fine. And other Mm. times you need to let go of it, but then need solutions to be put in place. And that's why different people will bring you different aspects of what they do. Um, I've found that a lot of people who are in that space where they like to listen to other people's pain tend to not always want to do the work themselves. And that's fine because as long as whatever you're doing makes you happy or moves you towards happiness, moves you through love, moves you to love. Actually, that's the only thing we're looking for. And you said something earlier, actually, that I wanted to um, just pick up on, is that you said about love. As the Beatles say, all you need is love. And one of the thing questions I always ask myself when I'm really, really triggered, really, really triggered on something, is how can I see this through the lens of love? And what do I need to learn about myself in this moment? And that's growing yes. up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, that's, that's usually what I asked myself as I was like, what is there, what is here to learn? Mm. Um, and how can I give myself, um, you know, so compassion, how can I show myself some compassion? It's definitely not something that came naturally. It's something I had to train myself on doing. That's forgiveness, right? And that's, yeah, that came with, uh, yeah, the more, situations um you know um my advice to people listening if they're not really um used to forgiving start with something that obviously is not like the most traumatic or the most hectic experience that you had in life start with some smaller things like you know a friend did something that could have done better but you're not really as upset but you know but there is some forgiveness to be done start with those things so you kind of it's like anything else you train the muscle you can train the muscle of forgiveness forgive yourself as well don't forget it's not just about forget forgiving other people for what they did for to, to you um or didn't do to you for you um but also forgiving yourself for for anything that it is that that you need to so you can start small and then ease yourself warm yourself up into those bigger more traumatic yeah. or more um have you ever used a ponopono i did i did actually the mentor i'm working with now she has this she actually sings it as well yeah. and first time i heard her singing it oh my god i just cried it's powerful so isn't it 
For people oh who don't know God, it, oh yeah. So I, it just came it to my head now. It just came to my head immediately. But, yeah. So a ponopono is a it's a prayer. It's a Hawaiian forgiveness prayer, and it's very very simple but very very powerful. And I do this with clients. So I'm going to share this just as a top tip. It's something you know you can record this. Um, I do have a download actually that you can get. I've I, I recorded it, but. <clears throat> The way that I find this is the most way of doing it is that when you're in that state of panic, when you're in that state of, um, you know, you don't know what's going on. Imagine that inner child, that ego that you're kind of beating up, you're beating up that child and, and connect to that part of your body, connect to that part of your body, which is in pain, which is hurting. Right. And this could be a physical pain as well as an emotional pain. And all you need to do is repeat these phrases. And all you say is it's if you're speaking to that part, you're speaking to that inner child, you're speaking to that wound. And all you say is this. You say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. So I'll just say that again. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. Now. When I first heard about that, I went, oh, that's interesting. Because So Joe Vitale, who was in The Secret, um, is somebody who very much promotes um, Aponopono. And I remember I was training, actually, with Marissa, Marissa Peer, mm -hmm. and I was in my car, and I was listening to, um, I think it was an audio book or something, and it came to this Aponopono. And I had about five minutes, so I just closed my eyes and went through it as I was listening to this Ho'oponopono. Go on YouTube. It's all over the place. You can get it from anyway. Yeah, it's very popular. It's very popular. <laughs> and I remember just, and I was in a good mood. I'd been training, had a good day training. I was in a really good place. I wasn't even in a, in a bad place. And I remember just listening to it. Oh my God. The flood, even now I can feel it now. The floodgate is just absolutely open. Yeah, and same. it's probably the best forgiveness and gratitude, either meditation or immersion and it's so simple and it's so powerful because if you think about it, when you forgive yourself and you forgive everything else, you're letting it go and you're releasing it. And that's what happens when the tears come out, when the emotion comes out, because you're holding on to this ball of hate and energy. Yeah. Uh, and it says in the Bible, Jesus says, turn the other cheek. And that was used to really annoy me. Somebody hit me. Why would I turn the other cheek? I now understand that li literally everything in the Bible is a metaphor. It's not literal. And that's yeah. and that is the thing that we need to remember for me is that growing up is about gaining new perspectives. When we're children, we tend to do as we're told. We we literally take everything literally. And the being an adult is to say, how can I look at that from a different place? So when we're children, we may look up to the problem for the solution. As we've grown up, we're now looking down on the problem to say, can I look at that from a different perspective? So I think perspective is probably the big thing that is growing up, isn't it? It's about taking ownership, taking ownership of your feelings, being responsible for them and making the choices that are going to move you towards being happier and loving yourself. And actually, the more you flex it, you're going to, I know you're going to agree with me. It can be difficult at first, but the more you flex it, it's not about the logical process. It's about the emotional release. And once you've released mm. that and you flex that more and more, it doesn't mean you're not going to have bad days. It doesn't mean that things aren't going to be shit, right? It's going to happen. 
But yeah, actually, this exactly. is such a powerful tool. But again, it's not about forgiving the person. It's about forgiving yourself. It's not about giving gratitude and, and going for the big things in life. I, I do this all the time with gratitude. Oh my God, look at the house that I've got. Yeah, is it the house I want to stay in for the rest of my life? No. But if I did have to, what does you it have a house? It gives me, it gives me safety. Has... It gives me yeah. protection. Even if you're on the street and you're homeless, you know, what is what is the what are the good things that you can look at in that present moment? Not five minutes ago, not five minutes in the future. In the present moment, what what are the things that I can be grateful for? And you said it earlier, and I think it's important to realize this, is that when we sit into gratitude, when we sit into love, vibrationally, our auric field starts to expand. And as it starts to expand, we will attract. We can't not attract people into our lives that are going to help us. So it's not the affirmation or the forgiveness. It's not. It's it's the embodiment, the somatic experience. Yes, I it. speak a lot about lately. Um, I think maybe because usually whatever is on my Instagram is somehow connected with what I'm going through yeah. or, or someone through. And I lately I've been speaking a lot about gratitude, and I think that's exactly why because it's about embodying it. It's about the mm -hmm. smallest things because. Since I've been practicing, um, you know, gratitude is a practice. It's not a one-time thing. It's not the list of things. I mean, you can do that as well. That will help you call it in. But you got to live it, live and breathe it, right? Like you need to go out and admire the nature mm. and be like yeah. grateful. Like I'm grateful for living where I live, for being able yeah. to go and see the ocean when I'm upset. I'm grateful that, you know, like my knee maybe is not healed 100%, but I can do boxing. I can do stuff around it. So yeah. I I am grateful for that rather than focusing. So it's again, focusing on the good things rather than the bad things because whatever you're focusing on is going to multiply. Mm. So if you focus on the lack or you don't have, or you, what you don't want to have, that's what you're going to see. That's what you're going to bring in. Yeah. So by, even if you don't know exactly what you want to call in, just start with small things that you have, because that will exactly, that will uh, bring your vibrations higher. That will yeah. um, attract more of the good stuff because you're already grateful for what you have and you don't really need to have, um, I mean, it's kind of like subjective thing anyway, because for you, you know, abandons may mean something different than to me. Exactly, exactly. They're just, and I think we flip that the other way as well, um, because this is really going to, this is really going to segue into the next episode that we're going to do, which is, is all about kind of screw fear and do it anyway. You know, why failure is important, why all of these things that we go through are really important to fuel our future. And I think that it's really important what you're saying there is that, other people's perspectives, other people's viewpoints aren't necessarily your journey. And I think that's really, really important that for me growing up and being an adult is starting to recognize that you've got to plow your own furrow. You've got to go on your own path. And there will be times when your path will cross with other people, but ultimately you're the only one who can change the way you feel you're responsible for your feelings yeah. and for me i think yeah not... to sum up i think that would be the best thing like remembering that you are responsible for the way you show up in any of your relationships people can trigger you people can 
um, upset you or do something, but you are still responsible for your reaction and for what you do with it in the moment and later on. You can't, you, we need to learn to stop blaming or shifting the responsibility on yeah. others. You know, it's called radical responsibility, right? Or radical accountability. Yeah. You have to decide that, now you decide, you have to acknowledge that this is, your life is your responsibility. Your happiness is your responsibility. Anything that you want in your life is your responsibility. Yeah. It starts with you. And then you really like empower yourself with that um, sentence because whatever then happens, you're like, okay, well, what can I do? Or what did I do uh, here that I could have done better? You immediately go into like, what can I do here instead of, because if I'm like, oh, well, Marcus did this to me. So like, I can't change my life now because until Marcus changes this, you know, like then I give the power to you rather than have the power within me. And we always have the power within us. And I think my I think my top tip as we kind of wrap this up because this leads beautifully into the next episode, which is about screwing fear and doing it anyway, is if I was going to give a tip now, as we wind this episode up, it would be you can easily half the problem that you're facing if you say what can I control and what can't I control, and only focus on what is within your control. Other people's feelings are not in your control. Other people's actions are not in your control. However, if you focus on what's in your control, what you can do is influence that situation. And I want to I want to leave this with probably one of the best quotes that I love, which is from Nelson Mandela. So when Nelson Mandela was jailed in Robin Island, I think it was a three foot by three foot cell. And his jailer every day would beat him and, you know, would, you know, treat him horrifically. And when he became president of South Africa, his guest of honor was his jailer. And a lot of people just didn't get that. They couldn't understand why is it that the jailer is your guest of honor? And he said that if I didn't forgive that man for what he did, I would spend the rest of my life in that jail cell. And what came out of that was an extremely strong friendship because what Nelson Mandela did, he said, was despite that, he looked for that situation through the lens of love. And that's why he was a great leader. And that's why people loved him because he learned self-love, self-compassion. And out of all of that pain and out of everything he went through, he became one of the greatest leaders on the planet. I think that that is a perfect place to leave it. And we'll pick it back up this conversation in the next episode about screwing fear and doing it anyway. Yay. So until the next time on the Talking Minds podcast, we will see you very, very soon. Bye-bye. Bye.